You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Can we therefore conclude that humans are concerned more with having than being? You know, the thing is, we're here now, so just be here now. That's all I gotta say. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 36, recorded January 15th, 2017. Howdy, Doug. How goes it? Well, I'm just here hanging with my friend Andy Dufresne. That was a terrible Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's probably the worst Morgan Freeman ever. Well, I don't know. It's, uh, I could tell that was what you were going for. Yeah, I was, I'm nothing like me. It's <laughs> just terrible. But I guess, you know, his question there in our new intro, do you believe that we're more interested in having than being? Well, I think in a general sense, uh, the human animal is definitely um, egocentric. And so, yeah, we, we, we tend to gravitate towards having things. And, you know, we are a materialistic society. And um, it's just kind of human nature, I think. Um, but at the same time, there is that element uh, where you want to just live your life and be happy. Um, and that's, that's the being part. And I think we should all strive to, to think that way more than the materialistic way. I didn't want a whole goddamn speech on this. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you're like the ultimate optimist idealist. My answer would just been hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what I, what I mean really is that, uh, you know, I, I remember back in the eighties, it was what they called the me generation. If it feels good, do it. And the mentality back then kind of carried over. And a lot of people just, you know, think about themselves and think about what they want and think about material, materialistic things and, and having, you know what I mean? Well, I guess I'm always on that, you know, it's 2017, which sounds like, you know, we're in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're we're devolving in certain areas sociologically and we're evolving with things like technology and such mm -hmm. and of course mental health awareness is big that's that's a big evolution right but why are there so many mentally ill people and i think because of many sociological factors mm -hmm. and uh you know uh as simple as walking down the street on the in the sidewalk and People bump into you because they're looking at their phones and not a straight ahead. Right. Um, the awareness, you know, uh, around you, the respect that you give others, uh, you know, holding the door, that doesn't happen anymore. If it <laughs> does, they look back for thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're getting into, you know, idealism and subjects like that, but. Well, as far as the, uh, the phone, uh, the technology side of it and that we're, you know, uh, slave to our devices and stuff to a degree. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, if you do look around, everyone's got their cell phones out. Um, and we seem oblivious to the world, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, well, what are you doing on your phone? Well, I'm contacting all these other people on these social networks. I'm, you know, sending these jokes or I'm sending these memes or so you're still, participating in a social activity 
Uh, yeah. Just yeah. not face to face. I think the dichotomy I see with Facebook, let's say, is yes, you're 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 being social, and that's healthy, especially with what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So if Saturday, Sunday, I'm not in a public place and I'm alone, I can, you know, still maintain uh, socialization and people can see I'm doing well because I'm putting something funny up or whatever. Exactly. At the same time, I see people putting up these mindless, just drivel posting (laughs) of, you know, like, uh, you know, it's really cold today. Burr. (laughs) And that's their whole thing. Like, they just they need to be heard right but who is not listening in their social circle mm-hmm. they know, must go on facebook saying like i just farted it's ew <laughs> you know like yeah but you uh, you, you kind of you, you can't fault some people because uh they might be doing that to start social interactions or to try to be you know to get some reactions or whatever well, what are you might... supposed to say to that you know like Get some Febreze. I heard there's some sale for two ninety nine. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can just some people just go for the likes. You know, if you get ten likes on a post, uh, a mindless drivel post, it it can actually help someone be in a better mood. Well, but they're seeking. Well, okay, but we're that's the separation. I mean, we're not talking about let's say mental illness. Let's say we're mm-hmm. just talking about the norms in society. Um, still needing that validation, needing to be heard. Yeah. Uh, are they not, uh, you know, one-on-one, like when people get married, you know, you see this, the, the divorce rates, I mean, they're un- unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, the divorce rate is, is higher uh, than the stay together rate. The or, marriage rate. <laughs> marriage rate. Yeah. That's the word marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, this, uh, when you have, when you've been divorced twice, the numbers go way up and then three times like yep. up to 90% or something mm-hmm. in chance of divorce. And so we're we not talking to each other. We're we not buddies, pals when we're married. You know, there's not a lot of that. I don't see a lot of that. It, it's when I see it, it feels great because mm-hmm. I find it rare. Um, I know you have that, that buddiness in your relationship. Oh yeah. We we're all these to start. Right. So, and you've maintained that. But ironically, my wife does not participate in social networking. She doesn't have a Facebook account. Well, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. She listens to the show, you know. I know. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my w- since I'm a technology guy, uh, I, I always like to defend technology. Uh, because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, cell phones are the demise of uh, society and, you know, everyone's always looking at their cell phones and not paying attention to the real world and stuff like that. Um, and there is some truth to that, but at the same time, I I, I feel like I, I have to defend the technology because the technology is a tool and it's just how we as humans learn how to use this tool and apply it to our own lives. That is really what's in question. It's not, it's not the tool itself. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm on the same page there and that's a really another topic in itself. Yeah. Really what I'm just getting at just 
you know, as advanced as we are, um, you know, just certain things, certain priorities, I don't think are in check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we have cameras on Mars, but, you know, uh, when you call customer service for ABC, you know, you're on hold for 40 minutes and whatever. <laughs> and, you know, um, there's a lot of examples. Yeah. I well, again, I, I, I want to point out that, uh, you know, the, the people who put the cameras on Mars are not the same people who are doing customer service for ABC. <laughs> so it's not like you can prioritize it too and say, oh, well, we shouldn't be putting cameras on Mars because we can't get customer service right. You know? All right. Then let me say education, okay, healthcare and education, two things that should have been improved greatly before mm-hmm. we even thought of put camera, putting cameras on Mars. You know, I mean, there's technology going so, into things that okay, we don't so, need, like automatic bus uh, driven buses they're coming out with. <laughs> I mean, I, well, okay. So, Without getting into the debate of, you know, certain technologies and stuff like that, this this kind of becomes a political argument because it all has to do with where should my money go? Should I, you know, should my money go towards the space program and, you know, putting cameras on Mars or trying to figure out if we can put people on Mars or should it go to better infrastructure in our cities and stuff like that? So, yeah, it's a political argument and... um uh, I, it's a again, sociological argument too. I mean, it's it's where our where our value system is, and what our yeah. priorities are for our children, for the future. Uh, I mean, you know, this is not a real cultural. You know, let's talk about the state. I mean, it's just around for what? How many years? Two hundred and something years. Yep. But you know, Spain, Italy, and they're around thousands of years with culture that's rooted, and they 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 love it you know mm-hmm. you can sort of sense it when you watch like british soccer and stuff yeah we got nothing built yet <laughs> we're know? still and a I young just, country yeah yeah but but let's get off on the right foot and i think that we've we're you know i think we're going the wrong way well i mean just the overall feeling and we won't necessarily feel it you know before we expire mm-hmm. the repercussions of of going the wrong way we could speculate, I guess, what could happen. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, in some ways I agree that, yeah, we might be going the wrong way. Uh, in other ways, I always wholeheartedly believe that, uh, advancement of the human race, uh, is based in technology and based on, uh, science and things like, you know, so all the stuff we're doing with Mars I do think that's important uh, for the Absolutely. future of humanity. Um, yes, it's you know. So I, I I always want to take a step back when people are talking about you know. And the hope is people have a great view of Mars because they're right out in the open. They can just sort of look into the sky and see. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I don't know about this. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I yeah. Think. Well, I mean, basically, I, I always defend technology and science because I feel like that's really the the way forward for humanity. Well, sure. I mean, if it wasn't for science, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, it's, you know, it's the little things, again, 
now the maintenance after, you know, I had a half a million dollar surgery covered, mm-hmm. but yet they can't get me through the month, you know, without starving. So yeah. the, obviously Obamacare was just gotten rid of, right? Well, uh, not officially yet. Um, okay. but it's, the incoming administration is, is, will try to dismantle it for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, healthcare is a mess there. Mm-hmm. They don't give a crap about their people. And in Canada, it's much better, yet still way flawed. Yeah. So every system has so, its, its flaws for sure. But it's an inalienable right that needs to be fixed yesterday, four weeks ago, three years ago, you know, on and on. Mm-hmm. But there's cameras on Mars. I just have a hard time with that. Yeah. See, you I know? don't. I, I don't. I, we have to agree to disagree uh, because, I, again, I feel like, um, you know, they're, they're two separate things done by two separate organizations in the government. Um, but again, that's why I keep saying it's a political argument because it all has to do with where does our money go? Uh, and yeah, I agree. More money should be put towards uh, healthcare and education, no doubt. But I don't think that the same money that goes towards the space program is is what goes what would go towards education uh, and healthcare. No, I just uh, you know I but the government is making the decision on what happens, mm-hmm. and what about that one guy? Maybe we should ha- do healthcare first. You know, <laughs> nobody's listening to him. And, yeah. you know, I think the cameras can wait. But I don't think I the just, cameras affect know, it. That's my point. I don't think. The, it doesn't. But use yeah. the resources that are billions of dollars to put the damn cameras up onto health care. I think we could find a, another location in the government to take the money from. Oh, thank you. Not necessarily oh. the space program, though. No, but, it's you know, space is not going to go away. I mean, what are we really ultimately learning for the, the real near future? Uh, we already learned that, you know, people are dying unnecessarily, can't find beds, can't find help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're trying to like, oh, damn, the camera's blurry. I can't see the, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's well, idealism. It's best. And it, it makes me very frustrated, especially when I'm feeling good. Yeah. I just see a lot of stupidity. Um, and people aren't as stupid as they act. Mm -hmm. I wish they knew that, you know, if you just think before you do, but we've become such a fast paced, look, we were talking about several shows ago or a few shows ago, you know, we're not built for this. Humans are not made for this kind of fast paced deal. And, and people are starting to talk to themselves and, you know, act all wacky and, and, uh, kill people. And, you know, I don't know. Just a lot of uh, sociology has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it it should be focused, you know, like back when we were in college, sociology was like, you know, one of those, you know, liberal arts. Yeah. Got to get your credits kind of class, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. In philosophy too. Well, shit. I mean, now it should be a requirement. Yeah. You know, where are we going? What are you doing? man slap you know everyone in the face a couple times mm-hmm. you know and uh maybe you know if we you know, i mean education we know is poor here compared to other places mm-hmm. and that you know 
is, is important so we can groom more people who are who can help in the areas that need help right maybe more specialized education etc yeah and i think we agree on the on the fact that right now the system is not perfect and we just need to figure out how to uh you know make things work better uh for people uh not for corporations and you know for money and stuff like that but how do we improve people's lives today i would start by requiring everyone to carry their own pez dispensers oh okay that's useful well how would that not improve somebody's life what if you don't like pez how could you not like pez i know i like pez you like pez but not everybody likes pez it's candy coming out from a guy's neck. I mean, that's the coolest thing. Anyways, you know, that's a start. It, this is for another show, really. Pez? Uh, I mean, let's, let's get back to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. But more importantly, how are you? I know that you've actually been... Is that uh, more important than how are you are doing? Yeah, but I, I'm just fine. You're just as me. <laughs> Not as cool and gifted, but, you know, you do all right oh, for yourself. Oh, that hurts. That hoits. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I, I wanted to point out that you're doing much better. You're actually going to work three, four times a week. Uh, and you're finding what you told me before the show was that you're finding your time at home now to be boring. Oh, dead boring. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not satisfied with what my whole life was for decades, which is just, being the hell away from people and, and just, you know, watching movies and whatever. And so now you're wrecking my mind with psychedelics, but now I'm just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more frustrated than a piano player in a marching band. <laughs> they really, so, I'm, I just find myself bored and like looking like just to call people. Hey, hey what are you doing? And because, like, just, because you're, you're finding that, uh, you miss the, social interactions that you're having uh at the mood disorder uh, <laughs> mood disorders association uh where you work so you you miss that and you basically can't wait to get back to work right yeah you should practice the, the name of the because because we get 10 cents for every time we mention them oh nice yeah it's cool so uh yeah you know i think you know the whole thing is um I mean, there's anxiety there mm -hmm. um, always, so you're feeling better um, as far as the depression and the main part of the disease. But you know, you realize that you know you are you, and, and you're not going to change everything. It's you know, this is like a you know, this is a 180 change. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not going that far, but it's it's an example of the David Banner versus the Hulk. You know, now that I'm David Banner, you know, my clothes are all ripped from before. Now I got to figure out where to get the clothes and all that. Like, there, there's a lot of work. That's just analogies, stupid analogies. But, um, <laughs> no, so you have more responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I was thrown into the world, you know, with a messed up brain. Now I'm thrown into the world again after being out of the world for 30 years. Right. So it's it's probably just about as much work, actually, more. Because, you know, of course, you know, you'll ruminate about uh, 
you know, is this going to last? I mm-hmm. mean, people who have listened to the show can obviously feel that uh, right. tension there. Is he going to, is this just going to stick? Yep. Um, and, but I'm, I'm not consciously thinking of it, but I'm sure it's always sort of a, you know, a banner up in my subconscious. Right. You know. Well, and so, also your, the difference now is uh, that you are interacting with more people almost on a daily basis. So there must be some innate fear or anxiety inside you that, that is always saying, you know, are they going to like me? Am I going to make a good impression? Um, you know, that whole, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like everybody really has. Right. But, but, but usually have that long time ago. Uh, but now I'm kind of, you know, starting over, Mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out, well, who the hell I am? Because I think everyone there is kind of like, you know, here's who I was and now I'm doing better. But right. do we know who we are and have we have we worked on those things, uh, those the triggers and the distortion? And uh, because if not, you'll, tru- you'll never truly be yeah. in remission, I mean, right. in full remission, because you're still a sick person in a sense. Well, and also um, you have to try to figure out who you are because you're not used to being yourself, uh, from all those years of, uh, distortion. So now that you're feeling better and you are socializing with people, uh, I'm sure there's some, some level of anxiety as to, you know, am I being true to myself? Am I being myself now? Or am I, uh, you know, trying to suck up to these people so they like me or, you know, so there's all this, this basically you're not used to social interaction. So, so that's gotta be a point of, of fear or anxiety for you. Well, I, I, yeah, that's where I was before. Now I really am focusing on what I think is the most important thing is Mm self-awareness, you know, um, because just like I've been an open book for the show. Um, that's not exclusive. You know, I've really, I'm being an open book there. And I think that's why, or a big part of why it's going so well. Yeah. Because you can, again, it comes down to the whole peer related type of, uh, mental health therapy is that you, you know, you can admit anything to anyone there because, you know, we've all been wackadoodles and we've all done wackadoodly type things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so nothing is shocking, you know, I mean, unless I went in there, you know, other than that murder spree back in the 60s, <laughs> uh, go good. Right. You know, but, you know, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of crazy things that people have done and people have been through and, I'm, you know, it, it helps me, you know, think less that I'm an alien. Right. Uh, and, you know, that I'm not, you know, that it was a disease and not me. If I didn't have the disease, I wouldn't have been through those things. Yeah. Well, and, and you're lucky that, uh, your first, you know, big interaction with, with, uh, a lot of people, uh, has been at the mood disorders association because they can understand this. They're used to this. They see this. Uh, if you were jumping into, uh, an office job at a company somewhere, 
I think it would yeah, be a different story. Well, I think it would be a different story. I think you'd have a lot more anxiety uh, doing that. I'd never, I'd never do it. It would be just one big trigger. Right. No, that it can't be done. Right. But well, it's not, not what I'm, and I'm not interested in it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm. I don't mean to say a, you know a corporate office job. You know, you're a robot, that sort of thing. I, I'm just saying something other, something at a place that is not uh, understanding towards people with mental illness. Um, well, I mean, again, you're not like if uh, you know if you, you happen to lose this particular position in this particular company you're in now, you're not going to go out for welding, right? You know? Right. I mean, I, I, I would have gone to hospitals or cam age or yeah, you know, same thing. But you know, I said it before. You know, I'm not going to get the years back. So my whole purpose now is, is you know, and even if it means living on a, on a meager income, mm-hmm. that's not what's important to me, right? Because I've never had so. I don't have fine, but I'm going to have more because yeah. it's going to come to me. And it, because as we said, and I'm not afraid to admit it because I don't think anyone would think I come off arrogant that I just, I know I'm good at what I do mm-hmm. and things will come to me and they already are coming to me because it's being noticed. So that'll help me be more self-aware. Uh, it, you know, it, it'll come with time. God, what an I'm arrogant son of a something. bitch you are. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> His super ego came a lot. Yes. To all your Floridians out there, tip to the hat. Right. But, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, I'm kind of in that still enjoying the trip mode. Right. You know, I'm not really, I haven't gotten down to the to the work yet. How, how long so, is so, it? How long has it been so far that you've been on this upswing? I don't know. It's been, I, what, three uh, weeks at least? It's more than that. Mid-December mid, mid or so. Oh, okay. And, you so. know, basically a month or so. Yeah. Um, it was pre- premature to say anything, but I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. Yeah. It's, it's out of my control. Right. And too many people worry about things that are out of their control. Yes. Um, it's a matter of having control, you know, um, and being self-aware mm-hmm. and knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, your limitations, your faults, your, you know, things that, that need some adjustments so that we can all improve as humans. Yeah. Continually improve and improve. And, um, you know, for me, it's a little bit more difficult cause I don't, you know, uh, Neurology's a bitch. Yeah. And, uh, but right now she's been a cool chick. Right. Well, and that's, uh, <laughs> that brings me, brings me to something that, um, uh, uh, that you mentioned, uh, where you worry about something. And it's interesting because, uh, when you worry and focus on obstacles, then you start ruminating and obsessing about them. And that becomes, totally unproductive and, and just basically sabotages what you're trying to do. So I read something about, uh, what's called productive worry, productive worry. That sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds <laughs> counterproductive. Well, actually, um, it's closer to what quote unquote us normals, uh, uh, how we worry. So what it really means is, you know, a certain level of worry is normal and, when you can anticipate obstacles in what you're worrying about, 
then you can take strategic actions to deal with them. Uh, so for example, uh, since I'm watching what I eat now for the new year, um, I got rid of a bunch of junk food that I had lying around in the house. Uh, so that's, mm-hmm. that's taking strategic action to deal with a worry I had that I was going to, you know, fall off the wagon and start cheating. And then um, two in the morning, you snuck out of the bedroom when actually took stuff <laughs> out of the trash, right? You disgusting pig. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there eating out of the trash exactly sorry i didn't give you credit there i'm sorry keep going <laughs> um but no that's that's productive worry it means yes have your your worrisome thoughts but do something about them if you if you think about basically if you ask yourself what can i do about this worry then you're in a good position to actually come up with some short term solutions to to uh lower that worry uh, and and not get caught up in endless rumination. And those are practical tools like wrap tools and, you know, uh, CBT, you know. Um, so on one hand, uh, I completely agree with you. And for you normals, um, that's something that you can do. Right. Um, and but I will say, you know, on my end, being a non-normal, mm-hmm. um, uh, not anti-normal, but non-normal. Uh, you know, you're dealing with chronic clinical anxiety, so yeah. it's not. You know, you don't usually have time to do those things before the anxiety attacks. But, right. but doing better, and in the way that DBS is affecting certain parts of my brain, uh, you know, some of the rumination has slowed or stopped, so it gives you more space. And yeah. more brain power to be able to possibly use these tools. So right. I just wanted to make that distinction. Well, do you think you're at the point where when you are worried about something that you can think about, well, how do I, you know, what can I do about these obstacles that are causing me worry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's automatic. It's it's still yet not a conscious forethought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if I'm, but I do notice that, uh, uh, for example, I noticed I was running out of my favorite juice that I, cause I drink a lot of liquids mm-hmm. uh, and, um, you know, I'll sit and ruminate for a couple of hours, you know, oh, I'm comfortable here and I have to go to the store and, and, you know, the way us distorted people and ADD people, especially think, you know. I mean, that means, oh, I need to get dressed. And that means opening the door, then I have to make sure I have the keys to lock the door. I mean, yeah. you know, it's endless. You know, it's, uh, you know, so instead of spending that energy and time ruminating on that, yeah, I just now get up and say, well, turn the damn TV off, get up and go. Right. And I get up, get dressed, and I go. And I start walking and going, yeah, see, I could do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, no, that's happening. Slowly but surely, you know, there's a lot, it's really a, an overwhelming amount of work yeah. that needs to be done to change 47 years of habits. So you have to take it, you know, slowly and not, you know, just watch the pressure load. Yeah. And it sounds like what you were saying is uh, you would think about the fact that, oh, I have to get up, I have to, you know, uh, go to the bus or whatever, you know, take all these little steps and each step is adding an obstacle to you. Uh, whereas what you could do is simply say, you know, remove all those obstacles in the middle 
and just think, I need to go, so I'm going to get up and go, and the end result is that I'm there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the, a perfect example of what you're talking about is when you told me to, to take an Uber or a cab to that first day of work. Exactly, yeah. You know, that was your advice, and that's, you know, that's positive anxiety. That's, that's really... Yeah, that you was know, a, kind of a good example of of uh, uh, productive worry because you were worried about worry, yeah. yeah you were worried about getting there uh, and having to go on a crowded bus uh, and having that be a, a trigger for you, uh, especially you on your that, first day. That variable, yeah, yeah. So exactly, just remove the variable. You you remove and that, that and obstacle, that, and that relates to self awareness that I know that that is going to be part of the anxiety in the morning. Mm -hmm. So let's take that away. Exactly. So now you have three quarters left and now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I guess, you know, bottom line is, is for, you know, me and, and everyone else to just sort of be self-aware and, and try to use these tools whenever possible because they make sense. They work and, you know, um, rumination and all that. It's just wasted time. Exactly. So, you know, if, if if you're worrying about something, you're ruminating about something, just take care of it in one way or another, even if you could just take one component out of it. Mm -hmm. But try and break it down. Yeah. And in some sense, re-engineer your worry process and find out where the damn glitches are. You know? Yeah. And what you think might be uh, an insurmountable obstacle may not be if you just you know, make it go away or figure out a strategic way around it. Right. And don't, don't, you know, don't be so concerned about what other people are expecting of you. You got to go at your own pace. Don't, you know, put undue pressure on yourself. And even if, you, if, if let's say it was a work situation, you went into your boss, you say it in a way that's very positive and that, listen, I'm having trouble with this particular thing but I'm working on it because I want to improve myself. So just be, you know, aware that I just need to work on that. Right. You know, and just open communications and again, self-awareness and, and uh, trying again to apply these tools and new ideals to your, your everyday way of thinking every second. Yeah. You know, sometimes, um, and, and you can really decrease your anxiety level. You know, so, if you just pop a clonazepam, you're not, you're not, you know, cleaning up that mess. Right. So being self-aware can maybe, you know, keep you uh, sort of your internal clonazepam at work. <laughs> so when you first went, uh, you know, when you first felt good enough to actually go out and uh, go to your first... Um, day at the mood disorders association what was your anxiety level i know the night before you were you know very anxious that's when we talked and that's when i told you about taking the cab uh but once you got there did did things seem easier for you than you expected uh yeah i mean it, you know went you know from a 10 to a to a quick four you know mm -hmm just just inherent of of the people there and the atmosphere and um i was a little afraid of you know having been there in the past and really not 
doing the job I wanted to do because I, I you know, when I was there and doing something specific, I did it well. It was natural for me as always. But um, there were times where I fell off the wagon, which unbeknownst to me at that time was the neurology mm-hmm. of the situation. Um, so I really couldn't explain it. So I kind of, you know, left events early or, you know, or just, you know, called in because I couldn't make it and I didn't explain it. Right. Because, you know, you don't, you don't explain that kind of thing, but I'm sure they assumed it because mm-hmm. I'm one of the wackadoodles. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we could say the, the W word. Right. You guys can't. <laughs> you guys can't. So, um, but so no, I was, I think, more concerned with, you know, just the, the self confidence part, you know. Yeah. Will I be able to do the, you know, what I think I really can do really well? Will I be able to do it? Distortion, because yeah. we already know I can do it, and it's what I'm made for. And so, uh, no, it happened. It, it was, you know, got a lot of auto correction going on in my brain. So basically, uh, once you got there, and you once you got involved and started uh, doing what you do best, then your anxiety started to melt away because you're in an environment where you're succeeding um, and you're getting good feedback from people. So, you know, it's, if you think about it from the anxious guy you were the night before to where you are today is a huge difference because suddenly you're getting all this positive feedback. You're doing very well. Um, and people have been telling you that you've talked to lots of people on the phone, um, and helped a lot of people. So that's mm-hmm. positive feedback, positive reinforcement. Um, uh, and it's all out in a social environment, which means you've tackled that part of it too. So, so I guess my point is, you know, positive begets positive. It, it just, you, you Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've taken less medication as the time has gone on. To oh, let me take a few of these just in case to make sure that I'm not all nervousy and you know yeah. Uh, but it's that's decreased over time. Just again because of all the reasons you just stated, and um, I'm just at the right place at the right time. Yeah, you know, and and it feels good. You know, I thought about it actually uh, when we were taking a break earlier. Um, you know, when we were when I had that horrible relapse, and you did the when the uh, the poo song yeah and i couldn't listen to it and then we had that conversation and i was just hysterical crying and yeah i don't I, I, it's almost like it's somebody else right now yeah um uh, you know you never saw david banner and the hulk at the same time yeah same place at the same time and uh so the fact that i can say that and a lot of the things that i've said out loud to you or typed out loud to you uh, over recently is is like who the hell was that it says doug on there i'm sure you thought that right oh absolutely i i was Wait. no i was i i was blown away by the sudden shift in tone of all your communi- communiques <laughs> um yeah. uh, so i mean it's a it's an obvious change in you and and of course there's always that fear of change you know you've gone most of your life uh with this negative outlook uh and lots of bad things happening 
to suddenly being in a position where you're helping people and things are feeling good uh, and you're getting great feedback so and you're in a social environment so that that's got to be scary to go from one to the other but it seems like uh once you get to the that point it just kind of snowballs because like i said positive begets positive so you 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 just you're in, surrounded by all this great positive feedback and that just feeds back into your uh you know self yeah, I mean, I'm working with an entire brain now, or at least a lot more of one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, I have the ability to recognize the things, to be able to stop certain negative thoughts and use these tools to, to again, beget positive. And, right. I mean, so far it's really been on, you know, an autopilot, but at the same time, you know, uh, again, the self-awareness is there. I, I know my limitations. I know to pace myself. Uh, I know what my strengths are and, you know, uh, my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and what I said before is, is actually good advice for anyone going to a job interview is always bring out a weakness. Yeah. You know, if you go in there and, uh, well, I was this and I was Pi uh, Kappa Gamma, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's, you go in and say, you know, well, you know, I'm not great at, at, um, uh, um, small, you know, mundane tasks, but I'm working on that because I really want to be a well-rounded person. Right. You know, they love that stuff. Yeah. So a little aside to people who are, you know, looking for work and want to interview skills, but it's, it's relevant to all of us. It's, uh, did you, you know, ever, you ever think you would give, uh, advice on how to take job <laughs> interviews? <laughs> well, I, I used to do that, you know? Well, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Because those who can't do teach. Right. (laughs) Job interview. And I feel like, you know, the boss could be a little person, but he's still eight feet tall. Right. Just like my father was, you know, and that's, um, that's where, you know, the, uh, the psychology comes in and your upbringing and and raising, you know, so the rose of broken brain to as if it was not a broken brain. And that led to a lot of destruction. Right. Um, and it wasn't fair. And but again, like we said in the last show, you know, now I got a full toolbox, and I'm ready to use it. And I've used it. I've been using it. And you know, um, I hope it's it's got a happy ending. I just I have this kind of feeling, deep feeling that this one's gonna stick. You yeah. know, like there's things are are falling into place. Right. Uh, for good reason out of good, you know, work, but also sort of just that intangible that we don't, you know, whatever you want to call it, karmic, you know, mm-hmm. karmic chameleon, <laughs> uh, but whatever, it, it just, it feels right. And, and uh, I just got to keep going and, and uh, hope that uh, this is a new tomorrow. Yeah. And, and uh, I think you, didn't sound this positive in your last remission. Like it's, it felt like you no. had, yeah, you had something, you know, deep down inside you telling you, yeah, this is temporary or this isn't quite right. Um, and now, yeah, I was kind of, yeah, I'm still selling it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to everything, everyone, me, you, everyone, you know, but mm-hmm. this is no, this is just like, you know, and this is for, for everyone listening, you know, like, 
just remember where I was not, just not two months ago. Yeah. Um, down deep, I knew it was, it was the end. And now it's the beginning. Right. Amazing. I mean, it can happen. If it can happen to me. It can happen to anyone. And that's something that you should just rewind, play that again, rewind, play that again. Yeah. Because, um, isn't that a yes song? Well, it can happen to me. It can happen yeah. to you. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it can happen to everyone eventually. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think it's called It Can Happen to You, <laughs> which I know is, you know, hard to believe. But it's, uh, no, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, um, uh, I'm enjoying it. Well, you're not the only one. Um, <laughs> I'm thrilled for you. And, uh, I mean, you know, I don't want this to turn into a big love fest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's great to have, you know, good old Dougie back. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think the, the, um, the real positive takeaway is that I really wasn't ever all there until yeah. now. Yeah. This is really probably the fullest you've seen me. And I hope things will come out that, you know, will make us not as bestest of friends as we be is, <laughs> but, um, that's not going to happen. Yeah, just, it's like just, suddenly you get all better and I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't like Doug. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a prick. He's kind you of know, an ass. <laughs> he's gonna call my doctors can you just maybe make the amygdala a little bit higher <laughs> don't no, even mess with that no and you know what uh if your happiness meant that we couldn't be friends then of course that's that would be my choice is for your happiness to continue well um, that ain't gonna happen well i know I, i'm just saying you know that's an integral part of of yeah who i am i think on the contrary without it i wouldn't know what to do with myself yeah, I'm so, just speaking from some experience on that front. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, yeah, and I know what you mean. Yeah, but in yeah. in general, I'm 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 just so so over the moon for you. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> you and I will be going to Paris. And just <laughs> we could do the uh, the Titanic thing. Oh. Should I be in front? Just hold. Me. <laughs> I'm the king of the world. <laughs> So uh, I feel that way. I feel the wind blowing on my face. I feel I taste things. I things. Uh, yeah, you tasted you know. poutine the other day. I did. I am forty seven, and I'm Canadian for my whole life, and I never had it. And uh, I'll be at a you know, it's not something you should eat, yeah. but but it's damn good. It's I mean, French fries, and, gravy, and cheese curds, right? Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. Amazing. It's really a yeah. It's a far cry from Wheaties. But then so is Bruce Jenner. So, <laughs> um, but um, all the best to Caitlin, really. Yes. Um, but uh, it's, um, you know, so all, all my spider senses are tingling. Yeah. And to the point where I'm kind of giggly. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, really. It's, uh, you know, uh, Charles Manson would be highly disappointed in my change. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I couldn't re be recruited by him because now I'm in control. Right. And uh, feels good. Yoides. Excellent. Well, I think that's, uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Um, and I, again, I'm super happy for you, Doug. And I hope it continues. I'm sure it will. 
Thanks. And we'll make sure that, again, the resource page gets updated with all the places that you can find um, organizations like the Mood Disorder Association in your area um, where they have free programs, free groups, peer support, and all these uh, these rap classes and things where you can change your your, your toolbox and mm-hmm. upgrade. And uh, but we'll have all that on there. And please feel feel free to write to us also. And, yeah, and I and I I have to apologize. I've been meaning to update our resource resources page uh, for a while and just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but well, I'll, get to it, man. I'll make a point of it, and and you know I need your help to do that too. So yeah, no, we'll I've, got, I've got that covered. Got yeah. that covered. Yeah. But uh, all right, so everyone, uh, you know, have a good week, um, and that's all up to you. But Mm -hmm. I encourage you to have a good week because the weeks fly by. That's right. Thanks, Ed. Take care. Bye. That's our show for today. We want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also, be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week.